Good day, my friends, and welcome to another Black History Moment with Bo. Well, it's finally here, the day that we have anticipated for 11 months. It is once again Black History Month. And I am so thankful for my friends and relatives and my listeners who have made it to this month because this has been a tough year and that COVID has taken so many of us away. And I'm just thankful because life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain and we can prepare for the onslaught of the black programming that will be on our TVs this month with hopes that it will pacify us for another 11 months. We are going to see a lot of programming with no real meaning to it. A lot of non-acting black actors and storylines that have no meaning for us whatsoever. PBS will throw in a few true stories but they won't think critically. They will just tell us stories that we already knew. So we will accept their attempt to pacify us, but we know the real truth and you know what to tune in to get the real truth. Because Black History Moments is not here to whisper sweet nothings in your ear. I am here to feed you the bitter truth. So if you are afraid of the truth, this is not the program for you. Because I am black history and I celebrate my race all year long. You know, if you are a regular listener of this show, you know that I loved Malcolm X. And Malcolm told us over 50 years ago, you've been fooled, I tell you, misled bamboozled, run amok, led astray. Yet today, in 2022, you are still being fooled by empty promises from local and federal governments, misled by their schools and education system, bamboozled by their fake religions, run amok by the poisoning practices of their food manufacturing companies, led astray on your perception of self and those of your race and distracted by their forms of entertainment. The time to change is now. And he also said, when your mind is a weapon, you are never unarmed. My friends, I would rather walk alone on the path of truth than to stand amongst the mentally enslaved that refuses to critically think for themselves. And with that being said, let's slip into darkness and pull out some of those truths that they do not want us to bring to the light. There is a dreaded history of January the 1st and the slaves dreaded New Year's Day the worst. Americans are likely to think of New Year's Eve and New Year's Day as a time to celebrate the fresh start 
that a new year represents. But there is also a troubling side to the holiday's history. In the years before the Civil War and the first day of the new year was often a heartbreaking one for enslaved people in the United States. In the African-American community, New Year's Day used to be widely known as hiring day or heartbreak day. Because you see, my friend, enslaved people spent New Year's Eve waiting and wondering if their owners were going to rent them out to someone else, thus potentially splitting up their families. The renting out of slave labor was a relatively common practice in the antebellum South and a profitable practice for white slave owners and hirers. Hiring day was part of the larger economic cycle in which most debts were collected and settled on New Year's Day. Some enslaved people were put up for auction that day or held under contracts that started in January. These transactions also took place all year long and contracts could last for different amounts of time. These deals were conducted privately among families, friends, and business contacts, and slaves were handed over in town squares on courthouse steps and sometimes simply on the side of the road. Accounts of cruelty on hiring day came from records left by those who secured their freedom, who described spending the day before January the 1st hoping and praying that their hirers would be humane and that their families could stay together. Of all the days in the year, the slaves dread New Year's Day the worst of any. On New Year's Day, we went to the auctioneer's block to be hired to the highest bidder for one year. And this is where the saying comes from, that what you do on New Year's Day, you will be doing all the rest of the year. Harriet Jacobs wrote a particularly detailed account in The Slaves, New Year's Day, chapter of her 1861 autobiography, Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl. Hiring out at the South takes place on the 1st of January. On the 2nd, the slaves were expected to go to their new masters. She observed slave owners and farmers renting out their human chattel for extra income during the period between the cotton corn harvest and the new planting season. From Christmas Day to New Year's Eve, many families would wait anxiously to find out whether they would be rented out and to whom. On New Year's Day, at the appointed hour, the grounds are thronged with men, women, and children waiting like criminals to hear their doom pronounced. Jacobs wrote, on one of these fateful days, Jacob saw a mother lead seven children to the auction block. She knew that some of them would be taken from her, but they took all. The slave trader who took the children wouldn't tell her where he was taking them because it depended on where he could get the highest price. Jacob said 
she would never forget the mother crying out, gone, all gone. Why don't God kill me? This, my friends, is whiteness history. Enslaved people who attempted to resist going to their new masters was whipped and thrown into jail until they relented and promised not to run away during the new arrangement. Older slaves were also particularly vulnerable, as Jacobs described one owner trying to hire out a frail, roughly 70-year-old woman because he was moving away. But you know what? The history of New Year's Day and American slavery is not all horror. The holiday was also associated with freedom. The federal ban on the transatlantic slave trade went into effect on New Year's Day in 1808, and African-American communities did celebrate, but the festivities were short-lived. Different slave trade abolition commemorations took place between 1808 and 1831, but they died out because the domestic slave trade was so vigorous and the risk of violence was also so great. For example, on New Year's Eve in 1827 in New York City, a white mob attacked African-American congregation and vandalized their church. The holiday became more associated with freedom than slavery when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing slaves in Confederate states on New Year's Day in 1863. Slaves went to church to pray and sing on December the 31st, 1862. And that's why there are still New Year's Eve prayer services at African-American churches nationwide. At such watch night services, congregations continue to pray for more widespread racial equality more than 150 years later. My friends, we are never too old to learn. And learning about ourselves and our customs is so wonderful. I have been to church on New Year's Eve myself, and I had no idea what started this. But now I know. And like that old HBCU form, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And it all comes down to this. Black people were stripped of our identities when we were brought here. And it's been a quest since then to define who we are. Well, we all know what that music means. But before I go, I must leave you with this message. In 1860, 99% of all black people worked for whites. Today, 98% of all black people work for whites. You are enjoying a social illusion because you go to someone else's restaurants, but you don't own the restaurant yourself. Until next time, my friends. Welcome to Black History Month. And it has been my honor.